today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. Come on, man. Where's your faith, Paul? God never kicks a man when he's down. He never faults a man for despair. What does God do? Well, He does what He does here for Baruch. He sends a Jeremiah to encourage him to lift him up in his moment of deep hurt and profound despair. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. There are times in our lives when we are physically, mentally, and emotionally drained. But do you know how God can help you? In today's message, Pastor J.D. shows how God helps you in your time of need. When you're weak and in need of support, God can provide help and wisdom through the people around you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 45, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, so the chapters before us speak to a very important matter concerning our hurting for people, knowing about God's judgment that's coming upon people. From chapter 45 on through the remainder of the book, actually more through chapter 51. By the way, we only have seven chapters left in the book. Can you believe it? We've only got four chapters left. But um, all the way from chapter 45 on through really the rest of the book, we're turning a corner of sorts, beginning with Jeremiah's scribe. We were introduced to him earlier on. His name is Baruch. And chapter 45, again a very short chapter, but it is a packed full chapter about how God lifts him up when he was so down, so in despair, so discouraged, hurting so much. Then we read of the judgment that is coming upon the surrounding people groups, which has application to how we view people today. Now I've shared this, I'll just by way of an introduction mention it. It'll be germane to our understanding of what we have before us. But a number of years ago, God just began doing this deep work in my life, personally, powerfully in how it is that I viewed people. And the way he did it, and he's so gentle when he does, he's so gracious and patient and long-suffering, but the way he did it was he began to allow me, that's for lack of a better word, to see people the way he sees people. And it changed everything. So instead of being angry at them, I began to feel sorry for them. And that feeling sorry for them gave way to even praying for them, which changed me. (laughs) 
because now I see them through the lens of eternity. And I see them through the lens of what is coming upon them. And it's like this, it's like if they only knew, they have no idea what's coming. The judgment that is coming upon them. And you start to feel for them. You start to hurt for them. And I think that's the heart of God. He wants us to see these people that way. And we're going to see this now in chapter 45 on a personal level with Baruch. And then we're going to turn this corner and see it on a national level with the nations that God is going to judge, starting with Egypt, which we're going to get to, and then also the Philistines, which we'll also, Lord willing, get to. So let's jump in. Verse 1, chapter 45, the word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch the son of Neriah, when he had written these words in a book at the instruction of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, verse 2, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch, you said, verse 3, Woe is me now, for the Lord has added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. So interesting detail. We're given a, a timeline. This will come into play in a moment. But the chapter begins with Baruch, who is deeply hurt. And this on the heels of what happened back in chapter 36. Do you remember what happened in chapter 36? Remember when Jeremiah told him to write all of the prophecies and record them as his scribe on the scroll? And so he does. And then they go before Jehoiakim. And what does Jehoiakim do? Oh, he takes the scribe's cutting knife and he starts cutting out portions of the scroll. This is the Word of God. And then, if that weren't bad enough, he takes the Word of God, the scroll, and he throws it into the fire and burns it. And that was chapter 36. And here we now fast forward to chapter 45 and we're told that Baruch, we weren't told that in chapter 36, but we're told that now, that Baruch was, I mean, profoundly grieved, so much so. And, and notice he says, for the Lord has added grief to my sorrow. Don't think for a second, we're going to talk about this in a moment, don't think for a second he's blaming God for this. He's acknowledging that the Lord has allowed this grief added to the sorrow that he already had. And it was so bad, it, it's reminiscent of David in the Psalms, 
We get a a glimpse into the heart of this man who had a heart after God's own heart, this sweet psalmist of Israel. He would get to the point where he was in such despair, he would moan and groan, Oh Lord! Well that's where Baruch was. It was so bad that he fainted in his sighing. David would say it like this, Psalm 6, that he would soak his bed with his tears. He couldn't stop crying. Here Baruch could not stop sighing, and he actually would faint from sighing so much, and was unable to find any rest. David could not sleep. It was such a deep sorrow and pain and hurt. Thus, verse 4, now God has Jeremiah go to him at this point. You shall say to him, thus says the Lord, behold, what I have built I will break down, and what I have planted I will pluck up, that is, this whole land. And verse 5, and don't get messed up on this verse, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them, for behold, I will bring adversity on all flesh, says the Lord, but I will give your life to you as a prize in all places, wherever you go. Now I have to confess that I was actually inclined to devote the entirety of teaching to just this one chapter, five verses, and you know I can. (laughs) And the reason is because of the jewels that are in it, and the riches to be mined from it. I also have another confession to make here. I had considerable difficulty joining with those commentators who came down pretty hard on Baruch, and this for the following five reasons. First, God never kicks a man when he's down. I've heard it said, and I think it's best said this way, God never faults a man for despair. And we see it throughout Scripture. You can go into the Old Testament. Many a man, woman, mightily used of God, had those moments of despair, deep, deep hurt and pain. Even the Apostle Paul despaired of life. You know what that means, right? That means he just didn't want to live anymore. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. Come on, man. Where's your faith, Paul? God never kicks a man when he's down. He never faults a man for despair. What does God do? Well, He does what He does here for Baruch. He sends a Jeremiah to encourage him, to lift him up in his moment of deep hurt and profound despair. Now, in all fairness, I can see how commentators would 
come down hard on Baruch, especially where we're told that God through the prophet Jeremiah says to him, asks really of him rhetorically, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek great things for yourself. I think that's unfortunately, sadly, regrettably misunderstood. And I'll explain why with the second reason. Baruch, as we'll see in chapter 51, verse 59, had royal ties by way of his brother, who was the quartermaster with King Zedekiah, but chose to forsake greatness, choosing instead lowliness with Jeremiah. And that actually ties into the third reason, which is that Baruch, who counted the cost and picked up his cross, as it were, suffered greatly in his life, which is why God assures him of his greatness in taking care of him for the rest of his life. So here's how I see it, and it fits. It fits. It, any other understanding or interpretation is incompatible and does not fit with the character and the nature of a loving and merciful God, who again, and I'll say it again, will never kick a man when he's down. I see it like this, Baruch, you had royal potential <laughs> for greatness but you chose instead lowliness when you made the decision to associate yourself with Jeremiah. You knew what that meant, that you would give up any hopes of notoriety or greatness. And because of that, I'm going to make you great, because God is never the debtor to any man. Uh, I want to say it's uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19. I sure hope that's the chapter. Uh, can't quote the verse, but you know this verse when Jesus basically says, if anyone has given up anything, houses, land, husbands, wives, children, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, for my name, for my sake. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I am going to more than make up for it. That's what he's saying to Baruch. You wanted or desired great things, but you chose instead to follow this path. And I'm going to make up for it. Never think for a second, that when we count the cost and pick up the cross, and we're going to see this in a moment, that God doesn't take notice and say, okay, I got you on this one. I know what you did. I know what you forfeited. I know what you were willing to lose. But because you lost it, guess what you're going to save and get in return because of it? This is the fourth one, and this is so interesting to me. 
Now, you know he's Jeremiah's scribe. In other words, he's the one that would pen the words, write them in the scroll. He not only wrote the words, he arranged and preserved this record under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And under that inspiration, he placed this account here in chapter 45 as a testimony to God's faithfulness at the end of his life. In other words, he could have, but didn't, for this reason, he could have had chapter 45 be chapter 37. I hope that didn't jam your gears, because that's where it was chronologically in order. You follow me? So this account of when Jeremiah is sent by God to Baruch to lift him up and encourage him and say to him, God's got you, brother. You have been faithful to me, with me, suffer greatly because of me. God's going to take care of you because of what happened in chapter 36. So this should have been chapter 37 it would stand to reason that it would just follow chronologically. So the question is this, why is it chapter 45 and not after chapter 36? Because this is Baruch recording and arranging, inspired by the Holy Spirit, this account at the end as a testimony. It's not future tense, no. This is, God did it. God did it. I'm good. I'm good. I made the right choice. And that's our fifth and final reason. Baruch knew that in the end, God saved his life. Think about it. He saved Baruch from the coming, breaking down, plucking up, and adversity on all that tried to preserve their life, only to lose it. He lost his life and saved it. They tried to save their life and would lose it. Had Baruch, just hypothetically for purpose of discussion, had Baruch chosen the greatness before him, which he was in all fairness entitled to, we would not have a chapter 45 at all. Or if we did, it would read very differently. Probably be one verse. And Baruch died, chapter 38, (laughs) or 46, or whatever. (laughs) But that's not what we read. One last thing, God is so faithful to protect us from ourselves. God knows the end from the beginning. Oh, Baruch, I I know you're hurting. (laughs) I know you're hurting. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I know right now everything looks so bleak, so dark, so grim, so bad, but God. You haven't read the final chapter yet. If you only knew what God was going to do, you would not be so down. If you only knew how this ends, 
instead of, oh, the Lord has added grief to my sorrow, and I'm sighing and fainting, you'd be going, I don't know what God's up to, but I can't wait to see what He does. Because this is so bad, God has to be in it. I mean, come on. I was faithful. I wrote and recorded the Word of God. What a privilege, a profound privilege is mine. I told you I could do a whole Bible study on chapter 40. We'll, we'll get there, don't worry. You be patient now. What a profound privilege, Baruch. Yeah. But why did God allow him to burn it? And you know what happens, right? Chapter 36, Jeremiah gets a word from the Lord saying, you need to write up, <laughs> write up another copy. He's got like, what? You know how long that took me? And then he burned it, all that work. You know, that's like, it's like this. I know this has happened to you. You don't have to raise your hand. You're doing something on your computer and something happens. And it's those times where you just want to, well, you want to burn the computer, because <laughs> you lose everything. You have to start all over. And you've got hours into that thing. And you saved it, but apparently the file got corrupted. And you don't have a backup. You know, I've learned, eh, I like to think I've learned, you know that I have a backup of a backup of a backup? I'm not exaggerating. I have three backups of everything. That's how scarred I am from <laughs> that happening. Anyway, so you see what I'm saying here? Baruch is, I mean, well, you'll forgive the pun, burned. All that work. And God's like, it's okay, Baruch, <laughs> if you only knew what I'm going to do. I haven't written the final chapter. I haven't had the final word yet. I always will have the final word. Chapter 46, verse 1. <laughs> Are you ready to buckle up? We're going into the battlefield, man. We're doing this for real, okay? The word of the Lord, which came to Jeremiah the prophet against the nations, against Egypt, concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates in Carchemish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, you might remember that Josiah was one of only nine good kings, of whom it is said that they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Every other king, <laughs> the northern tribes of Israel, not one good king. All of the good kings, all nine of them were Judah, and Josiah was one of them. All the other kings, it is said of them that they did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. So this Josiah was a good king. So the chapter is now going to begin with some important information and detail about a prophecy that would be fulfilled in the historic battle of Carchemish in the year 605 BC, four years after Josiah was killed in 609 BC. So that's when this 
takes place. And we actually studied about this. It was, it was kind of hard, painful. Josiah, he didn't have to die in that uh, battle that way. He meddled to his own hurt and uh, brought it on himself. Tragic end. Good king, but tragic end. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth 